Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. It is true. At one point in time, I did have shorter hair, like buzz cut short. You know, I was like under the age of 10, you know. But back when my hair was short, I remember watching Bob Barker first and foremost. I just wanted to say, rest in peace, Bob Barker, age 99, would have turned 100 in December. But I remember watching him so much as a kid when I was home from school or, you know, the summer or even before I was really in school. I kind of remember always having it on in the kitchen or mom would have it on and I would watch it. And I did up until Bob retired from that show. When was it? 2007. I remember watching his farewell episode and then Drew Carey took over. So I have many memories of watching Bob Barker and The Price is Right. A wholesome show. No politics there. I like that. You know, you got to have fun just watching the games, and Bob couldn't have been more of um, just a genuine guy, but also a polite guy as well. You know, there was no offensive humor or anything in The Price is Right. It was a wholesome show, as I said. And um, and I also, in later years, watching reruns of the match game, people may remember him for appearing there as well with Betty White and Richard Dawson and all the others. So wanted to start off by saying that back when my hair was short, I remember watching Bob Barker. I also remember going to Bolton's Fish Family Farm, which was not too far away from where I grew up in Andover. The towns are neighboring one another, essentially. And my mom would take me there to Bolton Fish Family Farm a lot. And I remember being able to walk around the farm. You could see the cows. You could watch nature. You could see all the beautiful trees. The views there are absolutely stunning and gorgeous. And I will admit it's been some time since I've been to Fish Family Farm. I have been there after I was a kid, but um, not as much as when I was a child. And so, as you could imagine... Going there this week for Spotlight Connecticut really brought me back to my childhood because I got to be honest with you, a lot has changed in my life since I was five, seven, ten years old. Not a lot has changed there at Fish Family Farm. I mean, they've got some new flavors of ice cream and uh, they've modernized the property a little bit, but for the most part, it is still the same Fish Family Farm as I remember when I was a kid. And I have so much respect now that I'm older. Right, I have so much respect for what farmers do and what they go through because what they do is not simple. And I would imagine that most people in this audience probably don't always think about what goes into farming. You go to the grocery store and you know the lettuce is going to be there. You go to the grocery store you know your milk is going to be there, so forth and so on. All the products that you would normally get from a farm and products there that you buy at the store that have farm products in them, but you don't necessarily think of them as coming directly from a farm. You just don't think about how difficult it is. The fact that all farms nationwide, not just here in Connecticut, you first start off with land. Where are you going to get the land from? You know, Where do you want to have your farm? How much land do you want? How much can you afford? And in Connecticut, it's going to be even pricier. It's not cheap at all. Operations, what are you going to do with the land, the machinery? Do you have to make buildings if there aren't buildings there already? Do you have to renovate the buildings that are there? That's what Fish Family Farm ended up having to do. You've got the price of utilities. Then you've got to make sure you're servicing your plants, your crops, your livestock. You've got to feed and protect the livestock. You worry about too much water, not enough water. So many problems, right? And when I was there seeing the farm, going back as an adult and not as a kid, and I'm talking directly with the owners, I realize 
how much work it is. And we hear the talking heads all the time talk about it, but it's different when you can go to a farm. It's different when you can actually see and experience what they're going through. They took me behind the scenes and everything. And so I feel for them because they're up at 4.30 in the morning making sure that that milk is good for me to buy in the afternoon at my leisure when I go walking through. So I had an amazing time and kind of a coming-of-age experience, if you will, going to Fish Family Farm in Bolton. We're going to talk with the whole family this week on Spotlight Connecticut, excerpts of my interview with them coming up. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm Charlie in Farmington, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. As I was just talking with our producer, Joey, during the commercial break, it is shaping up to be a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I hope you can get outside. And I looked ahead at the forecast, which, you know, as we have found out, anything could change in the forecast at any point in time. This summer has definitely been proof of that. But looking ahead to next Saturday, it should be a beautiful Saturday for the start of Labor Day weekend. And that is when the Fish Family Farm is having their annual farm day which has changed a little bit since I was a kid from what I understand, but still is a great time for family, for friends, people of all ages to get out and experience. Basically, I hate to say it because it means that summer's over, but you know, it's kind of the start of fall and you get out there and they have all the ice cream that you can eat. Some of it's included. Some of it is additional. We'll get into those details. You can also experience barn tours. They have live music, games, arts, and crafts. A little farmer's market set up, so you basically get to go and have the farm experience. Not that you can't do that any other day during the year and visiting Bolton's Fish Family Farm, but particularly next Saturday, and proceeds go to the Lutz Museum. So later on, we'll go through the details about Farm Day next Saturday, September 2nd, 9 in the morning until 5 p.m., so definitely want to keep that in the back of your mind if you're looking for something to do next Saturday. And it does appear that the weather is going to cooperate. So here's how we're going to do this. I went to Fish Family Farm last week, had the chance to sit down with the family, um, talked with Don Fish. He is the head of the family there and leading that whole operation. Got to talk with his daughter, Sandy Fish, and also grandson, Justin Levesque. They tell me everything that I need to know and then some about running a farm. And like I said, we are blessed and privileged in the United States of America to have great families like the fish family providing us the food that we need that we don't even necessarily always think about, the effort that goes into it. And it all started with Don Fish being interested in business at a very young age, even a number of years before he had the farm. So I asked him, Don, how did you get started? When I was 13, I I had uh, big paper routes and egg routes and had a chicken business and so I started really bought an apartment building when I was 19, and and then I got a real estate license as soon as I could when I was 21, and I'm 77 now. So that's how long I've been doing it officially. But I had businesses before this. He had been selling real estate since the 1960s, and come 1980, 1981. When inflation was through the roof and interest rates also not looking too good, he decided that he was going to buy a farm, a farm that he saw when he was a kid. So talk about the American dream. Listen to him talk about that farm that he saw as a kid going up for sale. People know I rode by here on a school bus when I was uh, six 
going to school right up behind the farm here. And I looked up at the farm and thought, that's where I want to be a farmer. And uh, it, so that was what I really wanted to do. A lot of things I wanted to do, but that was one of the things I wanted to do. And so it was always on my mind that that I wanted to own this farm, if I ever could. But I, I thought, chances are it'll never be for sale. It'll be something passed down through families and I'll never get the opportunity. Uh, and then in back in 1981, I was thinking of retiring and, and my wife and I went down to uh, Pennsylvania. At that point I told her I wanted to be a farmer and we looked at a farm in Pennsylvania. It was a 500 acre farm not a dairy necessarily, and uh, when I was looking at it, it was very nice, stone house and nice fields, but the house was down below and the fields were above, and I kept talking about I'd like a house on a hill overlooking a pond. I just describing this place. And then my recollection is we got home and we were at our church picnic in Manchester, and I had a, another real estate office in Manchester at that time, and. My kids were small. I don't know. Sandy was maybe not there. The other two daughters. But I got somebody. Oh, so I walked over to my real estate office and I looked in the MLS book then, and the farm was for sale. I couldn't believe it. I'm Morgan Cunningham at Spotlight Connecticut. We're playing back excerpts of my interview with Don Fish and other members of his family coming up later in the hour. They're at the Fish family farm in Bolton. He's talking about buying the actual farm in 1981. My wife and uh, friends of ours came right up to the farm. The house was kind of run down. Uh, previous owner's daughters were alcoholics that actually died in the house, one of them. And so it was very, oh, very unattractive. But And my poor wife, we had a brand new house up in Tolland. So I made her a lot of promises. I kept some of them. So then where interest rates were 18% at that time, there wasn't very many people that could afford to buy the farm. Otherwise, I would have had tremendous competition. I would have had uh, developers, of which I am as well. I, you know, I build houses and subdivide land and build lots. And, but because the interest rates were 18%, there wasn't that many takers. So I was able to buy it. So everything just, you know, I, I feel blessed that the Lord uh, made it available to me, <laughs> you know. And then it became available to the public because starting just seven years later, it's 1988 now, he spent a million dollars. Not only did he have to buy the land and he's paying all of that interest, but he ended up buying a $1 million bottling and processing system so he could start selling milk to the public. I raised cows for other farmers, a few, but then in 1988, I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to have something up here that we could share with people, you know? Uh, you know, feeling a responsibility, not just to hoard the place, you know? And, and so I thought, well, you know, if we had our own milk and people could buy it, they'd have some reason to come. And, and, and if we had chickens here, there'd be some reason for children to come and enjoy the farm. So that's what led me into that, you know. And, you know, so we just started with a few cows. 
fact, my wife milked four of them in the very beginning with a bucket and, uh, and, and a lawnmower crazy thing, but uh, we grew from there, you know. That's the last time she milked was that one time. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and the whole idea of the farm, honestly, is that you know to share it with people. You know, that's that's the enjoyment is seeing little kids. You know, you you were a little kid. Yeah, I was a little kid, and I have a story about being a crazy little kid at Fish Family Farm. If we have time at the end of the show, I might share it. Maybe not. It would be ammunition for my enemies, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> my mom, she tells the story. Anyway, if you can't tell by excerpts of this interview on Spotlight Connecticut, I'm Morgan Cunningham talking with Don Fish, who started this whole Fish Family Farm in Bolton. He is just a great guy, and he, with this farm, allows people to reminisce to a simpler time in their lives. A lot of people remember that... You know their grandparents had a farm, but it's no longer a farm. And they, and some actually, you know, people that are 70 and 80 years old uh, remember fondly in their past going to their grandfather's farm somewhere in Maine or or, or Vermont or something. And it's no longer. And uh, so they'll reminisce about their childhood. And if you were with us at the very beginning of Spotlight Connecticut, you heard me. I'm 27 now, and I was remembering times when I was seven with my mother at Fish Family Farm. Now, what's cool about the farm is you can see the cows and, of course, enjoy the products that come from the cows. But there's something special. They're not Holstein cows. They're Jersey cows. There's a difference. The cow to start with, uh, you know, people think milk from a cow is milk from a cow. Well, the a Jersey breed... Uh, is a small cow. They they don't produce as much milk as like the Holsteins, the big black and white cows. But the but the milk is uh, higher in protein, calcium, and milk solids. Uh, for instance, if if you had like a cheese making place that was making cheese out of milk, uh, the same amount of milk they can make 20% more cheese out of our milk, same volume of milk just because of the consistency of it and the, and the goodness in it. And when I asked him what's so special about Fish Family Farm, other than the cows, he said the system makes a difference, how they actually go about making their cream, their milk, their butter. The next difference would be uh, how we pasteurize the milk. You know, we, it's not raw milk, we're pasteurizing it, separating the cream and what have you. But there's two ways of pasteurizing milk. One is the way it was done in the 50s, 1940s and 50s, uh, and that's what they call batch pasteurization. I don't know anybody that does it with us. There's got to be somebody, but I don't know who it is. It's too labor-intensive. You, you cook the milk in vats, stainless steel vats, uh, for a half an hour, and then you cool down. And then you have to clean the vats, and it's a lot of work. The shelf life of the milk is shorter, because uh, we don't cook it at such a high temperature, it takes all the goodness out of the milk. The other is short-term, short-time pasteurization, where you can go 20 times faster than what we do, but they, they flash cook the milk in seconds rather than in a half hour. Makes the shelf life longer, but it's at such a high temperature, it, it affects the milk. But that's what you get at the store. You're, you're not going to get that. 
Now, absolutely not going to get that anywhere else. And his grandson, Justin Levesque, is going to talk a little more about the process a little later in the interview. But I just want to keep for now through the bottom of the hour with Don Fish and his remarks. Now, to shift the conversation a little bit, of course, you've got the ice cream, the milk, the cheese, the butter. uh, No cheese, rather. Take that back. But you have um, the butter and other dairy products there available and some local honey, too. I don't remember seeing that before in the store. I wonder if that's something newer, but there is local honey there. But something else about the farm, it's not just about the land, they have other uses too. We have done something that's helping the farm is we turned the farmhouse into an Airbnb here about a year ago. So you can rent the whole house, and people do. Uh, In fact, there's people there now. Um, And that's gone very well. You know, it's got five bedrooms and and, uh, six bedroom really downstairs, pull out couch. So we have big family groups come, you know, uh, not not often just a husband, a wife, and a child. But typically we have multiple, you know, f- families for family reunions, weddings, funerals from all over the country, college ladies that that graduated 20 years ago getting together somewhere. Same with guys. We're on some kind of a badminton team or something. I don't know what they were on. And Fish Family Farm has. 211 acres on Demock Lane in Bolton. And so there's a lot of space there, and they're on a hill, so beautiful views. And that leads some people to think, hmm, weddings? So I asked him, what are the future plans there? Because I know that they've only done a few weddings there, not many. Someday when I'm gone, uh, and my wife's gone, I would like to see weddings here and stuff. Because it, it would make sense with the Airbnb, too, you know, the st- you know, for people for weddings and stuff, you know. And... We have 211 acres here. I have a beautiful site across the street where you have a view of Hartford. You can look like you can step into Traveler's Building there. I mean, it's that kind of a view. Very, very pretty up there. And then even around here, around the farmhouse, it's the old house there. We that's where we would have a tent. So I'd like to I'd like to see when we're gone for them to uh, do do more like that. And then my granddaughter uh, is into horses. She talks about um, uh, doing riding for uh, people that have disabilities, you know, how that's been helpful for people with Down syndrome and all this. My granddaughter would like to be a teacher for them. So again, uh, to have something like that in the future. And going uh, into the near future, which is not that far away, it's just a week away, Fish Family Farm is going to basically be donating the land for a day to Lutz Museum, and they're going to be hosting Farm Day, all the all the ice cream you could possibly eat, and then some barn tours, live music, games, arts and crafts, farmer's market too. Tickets are $10. If you are a member of the Lutz Museum, $8 is the ticket price, and that's next Saturday, 9 a.m. So far, it looks like a great day. We've got more on the way with the Fish Family. On WTIC News Talk 1080, I'm Morgan Cunningham, live on this Saturday afternoon. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. It was a rather dark and sad time in my life, 2013, early 2014. Two classmates of mine have passed away, Paige Houston, Garrett Campen, and I can't believe it's been... About 10 years now for both of those losses. My grandpa, Dan, sandwiched between the two of them. And um, that song there 
was a response to um, the two losses. That was our classmate, Jess Rivard, who was super talented, as you could hear in that recording there. She decided that she was going to write a song. She was very involved in music that time, and it was something that was shared among the class of 2014 at Ram High School in Hebron. And I don't want to dwell on the sadness or any of that. I want to look at the community that has come of that since, right? Because anybody that was there at that time, we went through that. We were there for one another and so on. And that song kind of brings me back um, in a bad way and also in a good way. But I heard that song for the first time probably in the last decade just a few weeks ago, I was digging through my music collection, looking for something else, probably another bumper song that I was going to use on the talk show. And I came across it, and I, at first, I hate to say it, but I did forget it at first, and I'm like, Two Angels, what's that? And then it dawned on me. I said, oh, that song. So I played it, and um, Wave of Emotions came over me. It was uh, it was amazing. And I said, I've got to reach out to Jess. I haven't talked to her probably since graduation. So Found her on Facebook, we reconnected, and uh, sent her a message, and I said, well, maybe I could play that on my talk show from time to time. What do you think? She's down in Nashville now, and she's working in the music business, but she's not, I don't think, doing performing. She's doing, you know, behind-the-scenes music business stuff. That's great, but uh, I think that she should be doing performance. So who knows? Maybe we'll be hearing her in the future. But if you do hear that song, that's at least a little bit of its history when I may or may not use it on Spotlight Connecticut. But good to hear from Jess. Glad she's doing well and uh, glad to have that song in my collection. We're talking this week about the Fish Family Farm in Bolton. And next Friday, next Saturday rather, it's Saturday, September 2nd, 2023, 9 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon. It is their farm day. They do not have advanced tickets for this. So if you want to go, you have to go in person. There's an admission booth, and that's where you pay to get access to their famous farm day. They've been doing this basically every Labor Day or right around Labor Day for many years since I was a kid. I remember going, and this helps to benefit the Lutz Museum. So if you're not part of the museum, if you're not a member, it's $10. And if you are a Lutz Museum member, it's $8. And once you get inside, you can really experience everything that the Fish Family Farm has to offer. All-you-can-eat ice cream, vanilla and chocolate included. Other flavors are available for a price. There are barn tours, live music, games, arts and crafts, farmer's market as well. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that coming up on Spotlight Connecticut. I do want to spend some time talking with grandson Justin Lebeck who is handling operations. He's the guy that's bottling all of the milk, the chocolate milk that basically tastes like a milkshake, and he also has all of the ice cream under his watch. So if you like ice cream, Justin's the guy, and he's going to tell us how he makes it and also how they support other businesses in the community too, all on the way. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, this is Jack Gerling from Taupo, New Zealand, visiting the United States. And I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, Jack, great kid. Had the chance to meet him when he was here in Connecticut. Then he went on that big cross-country trip. We had him on the show back in June. He just actually, I wasn't planning to do this update, but he just actually got back to New Zealand. Because remember, he was going cross-country. Took him, uh, I don't know, three weeks, was it? Three weeks to go cross-country. Took long stomps in between, of course. Then he spent the summer in Seattle as part of a kids' camp, 
And then he just literally, I think a week ago, returned to New Zealand. Now that is a vacation. That is a trip. So way to go, Jack. Glad you're safe. Hopefully one day you'll get back to Connecticut. And uh, it was rushed when he was here in Connecticut. I was hoping to get him into the studio, but we had to do everything on the phone and whatever. And I have a message here from Jim that really liked Two Angels by Jess Rivard. He played that getting back into the break a few minutes ago. And uh, it's a great song. I don't think it's ever been played publicly, at least not on radio before. So you heard it here, folks, on WTIC. I also want to use the opportunity here saying that if you have an idea for Spotlight Connecticut, let me know. I got a few this week, and I don't think I've responded to them yet, but I will be hopefully soon when I get a moment. But send me your idea. It's easy to do. You can email me. You can find me on social media. My email, morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y.com, morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com. Or find me on Facebook, Twitter as well. At MC News Talk is the handle. At MC News Talk. Made it easy, right? Continuing our conversation live on this beautiful and warm Saturday afternoon. A great day to go explore Fish Family Farm in Bolton. Grandson, Justin Levesque, he got interested in this, well, because he was born into it. And he got involved, again, because he was born into it. But he really does like it. He was going to go do something else in life, but everything brought him back to Fish Family Farm. I started pretty much working here, I think, from when I could walk from shovel and stalls. And I got to get older, and my grandmother and mother had me working in the store scooping ice cream. And then one of our workers at the time, I think it was Paul, was back there working, and I walked back there after I got out of the store, and he was freezing ice cream. And I watched him, and then the next week I asked my grandmother to show me. And my grandmother taught me how to make all the ice cream, and I was hooked. I've been doing it pretty much straight through since, I want to say, oh man, eighth grade. And even when I went to college in Boston, I drove down every weekend to still make the ice cream, and I went back up. And he was milking cows during that time, and now he is overseeing basically the operation of the dairy, the making of the milk, the making of the ice cream. did it a few times. I love the cows, but um, my cousin Ava... If we're going to talk about family members that milks besides Don, Ava's the one that milks the cows. She does that, and pretty much she's she's the farmhand uh, cow whisperer. So she's in, she's just with the animals, and I'm more so in the dairy and production side of things, where my mother is kind of overseeing the store. When I talked about at the beginning of the episode how difficult it is to be a farmer and how many people... Because we're blessed in America, we don't necessarily always have to think about it because we can find products easily at any store, just about, you know, for the most part. But you don't see, you don't think about the land, the operations, the taking care of what it is that they're growing and cultivating and raising on the farms, right? They're up before dawn getting everything ready every single day of the week. Imagine that. With our jerseys, we milk twice a day. Uh, so that would be 4.30 in the morning, 4.30 in the afternoon. Now, again, as Don was saying earlier, the different breeds. You have a Holstein, you can milk them three times a day. But for our jerseys, just twice a day. And, yeah, you're up early. Uh, you know, the roosters will wake you up early if you're one of the ones sleeping upstairs. Yeah, those roosters, they're not that forgiving, are they? And just how much milk, I asked Justin, do they get out of the jerseys? By well, the time Monday rolls around, we have over... 300 to 400 gallons of milk that we're able to use for bottling. 
And when we do that, it's how to get our cream, we send our, our raw milk through our separator and we can designate, okay, we want just heavy cream out of this just to get heavy cream. So doing that would make our skim milk. So it separates all the cream from that. That's how we get our skim and we're able to adjust it. So we just know that we go, we have a little extra skim this week because we needed more cream. And how much hours go into this? How many hours go into this? I asked Justin, because you're up before 4.30 in the morning working with the 60 jerseys that they have, actually a little over 60 jerseys that they have, getting them milked. And then once you have the milk, you have to start making the products that you could sell to people and clients. We would love to get more people up here. Um, we're always looking for employees from farm hands to store hands to you name it. But since, I don't know, I was a kid, that's 20 years difference now. No one wants to do hard work anymore. They just would rather sit on their phones and play games and, an and answer a, like a secretary job. Not undermining the secretary job, but it's, they don't realize how much time you have to put in a day up here. You, you think you're scheduled for eight hours, you have that in your mind, eight hours roll around, you're not even halfway done. No, it's an all-day thing, and having been there and seen it and they show me around, I can easily see and imagine that. And on Facebook, if you look up the Fish Family Farm Creamery in Bolton, they have a picture and a video up there. Uh, it was nightfall, and they're still out there working. Now, what I had said Friday, and I think it took people by surprise because I was talking about the show yesterday morning and I was promoting it, on Brian and Company, I told everybody that Munson's Chocolates uses cream from Fish Family Farm. Now, that is not a secret if you're from Bolton, Andover, Hebron, Coventry, the, the area there where Bolton, uh, that's where Munson's is headquartered in Bolton, and that's where their factory is. And sometimes, if you're lucky, you can actually see the Munson's truck up there at Fish Family Farm. So I asked him about it. The Munson's project started way before I was even involved in being up here. I was a little guy back then. I just remember always seeing the van and the truck pull up. I'm pretty sure someone approached Don and they got that agreement. Uh, weekly, uh, their production manager actually calls me or texts me, lets me know what they need, and I make sure Monday morning I have their order ready for them from our heavy cream to how much milk they need. So it's a pretty simple, straightforward process weekly, and if they need more, we'll get them more, and usually they never need less. Depends on what their production needs are, but luckily we have our cows on hand and we have plenty of milk, so we we know, okay, you wouldn't need 20 gallons, we got your 20 gallons of milk, you want your cream, we got your cream. In the summer, it's a little less. When the holidays come is when they ramp up. Everybody seems to like Munson's if you're from Greater Hartford here in Connecticut. People all around, though, they love ice cream, so I asked Justin at Fish Family Farm this week on Spotlight Connecticut what the most popular flavor of ice cream is that they have. I would say, to be honest, our most popular flavors would be our sweet cream, which is just our natural ice cream base. Nothing else added to it. That by far trumps every flavor. Then would be our vanilla. Other than that, our lemon raspberry this time of year. It's a lemon ice cream with raspberry swirl. And that is just huge this time of year. Everybody likes basic ice cream, but only some people like wild ice cream. My parents, they like the simpler ice creams. I like the wild flavors. I would say probably one of the most popular ones would be the coffee Oreo. We have a great coffee blend that we use with Oreos and that brings out a bunch of people. And then we go anywhere from the fruit flavors to your key lime pie, your blueberry cheesecake, all the way up to we do um, Jersey droppings. It's espresso ice cream with chocolate covered espresso beans. That's been a huge hit. 
we do the basics cherry vanilla but then we do our own twist on ice cream we're a jersey farm so we want to add that in so like the jersey droppings then we do one called oh man calf tracks, calf tracks playing off the baby cows you have your banana ice cream with uh, chocolate chips and the jersey tracks it's a peanut butter base with this chocolate covered espresso beans and then from there we just kind of kept thinking about what we could do like uh, we we're talking earlier when there's events going on or holidays like for instance everyone was asking me do you do a barbie flavor there's other farms doing a barbie flavor up in mass i'll do one and sure. that he did he did make a barbie flavor a little different it's a cherry vanilla base and we do a fruity pebble cereal mixed in. not for me but okay i like things with peanut butter and nuts in them one thing that I don't remember from being a kid, I know that they had it. I just personally wasn't a huge milk drinker as a kid, and I'm still not, to be honest. But they let me try the chocolate milk, and I swear it was like a milkshake. People come for our chocolate milk. Not saying our chocolate ice cream is bad, but the vanilla. There's a lot more we can do with it. Our chocolate base is so rich. When you add different ingredients to it, our chocolate just overpowers it. So what we like to do is keep our chocolate the way it should be. It's close. It's simple as you can get if you want experiment flavors that's our vanilla and that's the difference with the base and just the jersey milk it allows you to do some things but it does hinder you for some others now they have so much available in their store and they're also servicing other producers in the area with ice cream base and with cream and so i had to ask about storage because they're building where they do all of this it doesn't look that big a lot to it luckily we have a good size walk-in freezer that benefits us on space but every Friday is when we cook our ice cream. That's the one day a week we have time to cook everything. And it's a full day's project. It's not your normal, you know, nowadays people work five, six hours, they call it a day. No, you're lucky if that's the third of your day. You gotta go in, you start, you do all your cooking and then clean up. And if something happens, you're, you're stuck there. You can't leave when you're in production and you have a breakdown. It could be an hour, it could be hours. So you have that whole process when we cook. And then we have Saturday, Sunday, which we try not to work too many Sundays. We all like to have at least one day off. Then we have Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are our only four days we can have the freeze ice cream because Fridays we're in there all day cooking. Mondays and Thursdays we're in the plant bottling all, all of our milk. And we don't want to be running both productions at the same time. A, for space, and B, we want to make sure we're the most cleanly and sanitary plant out there. Justin so we want to make sure there's no contamination anymore. He is the grandson of Don Fish, the founder of Fish Family Farm. Now, Don's daughter is also involved. She runs a lot of the business end, and she talks a little bit about Farm Day history. So here's Sandy Fish when I asked her about the history of Farm Day. Nobody knows for sure. The man that used to run it is no longer running it, but we think we've been doing it for between 25 and 27 years. Um, and it's a great event. It's a fundraiser for Lutz Museum. We really, we don't do anything. We're basically just donating the property for the event. They bring everything in, they set everything up, they organize everything, and they do a wonderful job. We do supply the ice cream for the free ice cream. They have a big tent where you get free ice cream. And we do supply that. It's just, you know, vanilla and chocolate and sundaes. But it's really a great event. They bring in um, vendors, some games and activities for the kids, um, bouncy houses. A couple times they've had the bungee jumping, wall climbing. Um, it's a really good event for agricultural too. Like they used to do the farmer's market. We haven't had that lately. Um, but again, 
we think it was anywhere between 25 and 27 years. Well, that would go back to about when I started to be part of the Fish Family Farm, and I would go there, and I was there for Farm Day. Again, that is next Saturday, September 2nd, from 9 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon. I'm Morgan Cunningham. It's been Spotlight Connecticut, and a lot of fun going over to the Bolton Fish Family Farm. They've got, like I said, over 200 acres. They're on DeMock Lane. They're on a hill. It couldn't be more beautiful, and as you heard them say, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I hear from people all the time, well, oh, these farms, they're pricier. Well, yes, they are pricier than the grocery store, but the product, in my view, is better. And I'm proud that we can be able to support these local farmers because they need our support. Bolton Family Farm has been, uh, Fish Family Farm has been very blessed this year in that they were not really that damaged by some of the farm by some of the floodwaters by the farms near the Connecticut River. I feel bad for those guys, I really do. That's been Spotlight Connecticut. We'll be back next Saturday afternoon. Remember, Fish Family Farm Day next Saturday, starting at nine. Bye-bye. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.